Hi everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Fantasy Football Wives. I'm Anya. And I'm Sarah. And it's been quite a while since we chatted. It feels like the World Cup final was ages ago. But we've got very exciting news, which is that Fantasy Football and the Premier League start in 16 days. 16 sleeps left to go. How's your team doing, Sarah? Uh, I made one change during the week. Actually, I lie, I didn't make one change. I considered a change and then walked away from it, which was to put in Alison, which we're going to talk a bit more later. But then I decided that he um, is too expensive for my second goalkeeper. <laughs> oh, what? You wanted Alison and Edison. Yeah, that is quite a lot of money for two goalkeepers. Team Brazil. <laughs> Yes, that's true. So um, it does feel like ages since the World Cup finished. But I wanted to ask you, how many players do you have in your fantasy football team that played in the World Cup? Oh, quite a few, actually. Um, In terms of the more pricey players. But as I said, my my team so far, I auto-populated and now I'm refining. So so it's not my, my final team, but... I've got Edison, or actually he didn't play, Um, Stones, Maguire, De Bruyne, Salah, and Lukaku. He's not going to stay. I'm actually quite happy so far with my team, but I am probably going to make two or three changes. It's quite tricky as well because there seems to be so many changes going on in the teams and so many transfers still potentially happening. Don't think you can lock it down until, until the day before. I do like your team name though, Anya. (laughs) <laughs> how are you pronouncing your team name? What do you mean, how am I pronouncing it? Just say it. Yippee-yo, Trippie. Yippee-yo, Trippie. I think our guest that's coming on tonight has a little bit of an issue of how we've been pronouncing Trippie and has argued it's more Trippier. I've never heard any commentator say Kieran Trippier. Mm, we can ask him later. So thanks to everybody that's joined us for the first time. And if you haven't listened to some of our episodes, they're all available on iTunes. Last week, we had a very special guest, my dad, well, actually two weeks ago. So we're going to be bringing on guests every episode from now on. But before we do, I think we should go to Good Week, Bad Week. I wanted to talk about it's a good it's a good week and it's going to be a good year for my least favorite player in the world Cristiano Ronaldo you'd be surprised I'm bringing this up as I don't usually like to talk about him but I just couldn't believe the stat that someone gave me that did you know with the amount of money he's getting paid at Juventus if he drops a pound coin on the floor it's almost not worth his time to bend down and pick it up because by the time he does, he's earned two. Wow. Yeah. So he is earning £3,000 per hour. Wow. And that's just his Juventus salary and not obviously his endorsements, etc. So £3,000 an hour, £50 a minute and uh, 84 pence a second. So, yeah, by the time he, you know, if it takes uh, maybe four seconds to bend down and pick up a pound coin, he's made uh, three pounds, uh, four pound 20. No. What's <laughs> <laughs> <Or> 85? <laughs> Did he used to work in finance, Sarah? Uh, where's my calculator? Less than four pounds, anyway. But he is worth it, isn't he? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Our next topic for Good Week, Good Week, Good Year, Good Season is for Benjamin Mendy, who managed to be not only Premier League winner, uh, but also World Cup winner when he's only played seven games this season. Wow. And he is milking it. Um, and it was his birthday last week as well. So another thing to celebrate. He's had a good couple of months then. It's a year ago yesterday that City signed him. And I can't wait to see what he does this season. So which Premier League player has it not been a good week for? Ozil. Yeah, Ozil. I read so much about him in the papers with regards to him retiring from the German national team over feelings of racism. So his point of view is that he has felt really unwanted in the team and that he was very criticised over meeting the Turkish president and that when Germany were on form, he was always perceived as a hero and one of the team. And since they haven't done well, suddenly his heritage is being brought up, that he's Turkish. And it actually echoes what Lukaku said in his article in the Players' Tribune, where he also said that when he was doing well, they really pointed out that he was a Belgian. And when not, it was always adding the fact that he was of Congolese descent. The thing is with this one, from what I've been reading, it's less the fans and it's more criticism of the German FA president and more of a pointed, it's an internal racist problem. And it's super complicated starting out from when him and Gundogan were photographed with the Turkish president Erdogan earlier this year. And it seems to have all kicked off from there Mm. and then ended in him resigning from the German national team. Yeah, but we saw quite a lot of racism at the World Cup, like when the um, Swedish defender, Jimmy Durmaz, who conceded a free kick against Germany, which they then went on to score, and he received so many... Well, him and his family received so many online threats from fans that were racially abusing him. Yeah, as he was born in Sweden, but has a Syrian descent. And it's becoming more and more an issue of two different nationalities who are born in one country and qualified to play for a team because of that, but whose family comes from another country. Or even in the case of, uh, was it Chaka or Shakiri, um, who, who's born in Albania? Yeah. and play for Switzerland. And then they were then criticised when they celebrated their calls by showing the Albanian eagle. Yeah. So this whole sense of identity, uh, national identity, was a real big question, I think, at the World Cup. Yeah, and when it there's many reasons why both Gundogan and Ozil shouldn't have been pictured with um, the Turkish president. I mean indirectly or even directly for debate they were making political statements by doing that but if you read their statements they say this we are Turkish by descent and this is the highest ranking Turkish official and we would be disrespecting our families and our heritage if we did not accept the invitation now it's up for debate whether that's a post-rationalization or or it was a political statement etc but um it's it's really complex but he's being supported by the new Arsenal manager. So it seems that he just wants, Emery just wants this whole saga to be forgotten about and him for, to focus on, on the new season at Arsenal. Speaking of Arsenal players, well, this was a former Arsenal player. Oxay chamberlain is out for the season due to a knee injury. So if you've got him on your fantasy football team, you've got to get rid of him quick. Must have been after all that impact during the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> 
This episode was brought to you by Furian Sport Management, the athlete management agency that puts the athletes first. This week, a shout out to Ambrose Curtis, a Maori all black and winger that will be playing in the forthcoming 2018-2019 season at Wasps. Thanks, Furian. So welcome back to Fantasy Football Wives. We're going to talk about some interesting transfers that have taken place in the last few weeks that might impact your team. And Annie is going to give us tips on defenders that you might want. And then, of course, we've got our guest joining us, who is Will Rose, a Liverpool fan who has already built his team. We have a few questions for him. One of the biggest pieces of transfer news in the last couple of weeks has been Brazil's Alisson to Liverpool for a lot of money. And this worries me because I think this really sets Liverpool up as potential contenders to challenge for their title. It's got a bit of a sad tinge because um, of Carrius. And I don't know if you've read much about this, but he's received a lot of online bullying. Ever since that disastrous Champions League game, he's received a lot of online bullying threats etc and now he's been pushed into the second goalkeeper position and a lot of players have been reaching out to him this week to just say you know keep your keep your head up be strong so it's it's great to bring in a really big goalkeeper but it must be a huge knock for his confidence I see it really from the other angle, which is they are contenders for the title and there was an obvious gap uh, in their team and they've just gone and filled it. And Carrius is young and, yeah, he made some horrendous mistakes during literally the most important match of his career. And so I don't see why he should be given a second chance at the club. It'd be interesting to hear what Will thinks about it. The second one is about, well, Marlowe's to City. Everyone expected it. Um, but City missed out on... Um, Ho- oh my God. City missed out on... Ho- George- How do I say it? Jorginho. I don't know. We'll have to ask Will later on. City missed out on Jorginho. He went to Chelsea in the end. And another big news, Lee Grant from Stoke has moved to United. <laughs> Um, which is important for us um, because I, uh, I... You're good friends with him, aren't you? I'm a mate with Lee Grant. I, uh, <laughs> I met him on a train last year with... Um, he was with Crouchy. It was when I was coming back from the Manchester City Hackathon, so I was a winner. Um, <laughs> and I had won a robot and I wanted to show Crouchy my robot. Um, but I was too shy to go and speak to him and so I texted you saying what should I do should I go and say hi uh he's with Lee Grant he said oh well, Lee Grant's the goalkeeper on my fantasy team so I took that information and walked over to Crouchy and Lee Grant and introduced myself first to Lee Grant and said you're the goalkeeper on my fantasy football team which was not true um just so I didn't look like I was immediately going over to Peter Crouch um I subsequently um told Peter Crouch about the fact that I'd one a robot, and my robot is now called Crouchy. And more importantly, you've got a great photo of you and Crouch on the train. That is true. I should post that. You should post it. So just a tip for our fantasy football players, which is new players are added to fantasy football within seven days of their transfer being completed. So you ha- if you haven't yet seen one of those new players and their value, Wait until wait wait a week and then they'll come up. So I know you've done auto populate and you're still playing around with your team, but who have you got as your five defenders at the moment? So at the moment I've got Stones, Maguire, which I think I'm created in a previous podcast and I wouldn't add to my team, but <laughs> uh, Daniels, 
Bednarek and Alexander Arnold. Oh, that's interesting. So I actually talk about a few of those uh, later on. So Maguire is actually the second most popular defender. And, and there's this, there seems to be a real like World Cup fever uh, with a lot of people choosing players, particularly English players that played in the World Cup. So Trippier and Maguire are the first and second most owned defenders at the moment. I actually have Trippier and you have Maguire. There we go. Uh, I've also got Charlie Daniels because he's a really good price. So my tip, and it sounds obvious, but for defenders, I would recommend buying cheap over overachieving defenders. So someone like Charlie Daniels for Bournemouth, who's 4.5 million. And there were only five defenders last season that had more touches in the final third than he did. And as I mentioned in previous episodes, Bournemouth's actually got some good fixtures to start the season with defenders just don't score as highly as midfielders and forwards it's common to get one or two points for a defender so it's best to always play in a 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 formation so how do defenders get points well clean sheets like goalkeepers but to get additional points you really you like ideally you want to have defenders who provide assists so they're defenders who regularly take free kicks or corners or like you've got Stones and Maguire, score headers. Um, so it's important to also know that you get minus one for every two goals conceded and then minus two points for an own goal. So I've been looking at kind of defenders that I would recommend or bring on. There's just, Obviously, there's just so many to talk about. But um, I looked at the last season's best defenders and you've got Otamendi, Azpilicueta and Alonso. They're all secure choices. They were very consistent, but they're all at £6.5 million. And it's just a lot of money. Um, I'm not going to be choosing any of them. I think if you want to go for a Man City defender, and I've mentioned this beforehand, you should go for a Man City defender. You've got two there that are buzzing with confidence from World Cup victory. You've got Mendy and then you've got Stones. And guess what? I've also got Stones on my team. I thought we weren't going to have the same players on our team. So we're going to divvy them up. Yeah, that's true. So shotgun Stones. (laughs) (laughs) Bagsy Kane. No! <laughs> Look how that worked out. <laughs> right, new rule. We're allowed to have whoever we want. Okay. Um, so other kind of cheap, cheaper options um, who played well last season and in seasons beforehand. Bellerin is a really great option. 5.5 million, great attacking defender. Arsenal have actually got some good fixtures apart from City and Chelsea in the first two weeks. Afterwards, they've got some good fixtures. And then the other team that I've mentioned have got great starts to the season is Everton. So you might want to think about getting Baines or Coleman, both 5.5 million. And I've actually had both of them in my team several times over the last few years. So they're also consistent strong defenders right but as I mentioned you kind of want cheaper overachieving options and I know quite a few people that buy defenders at like four million because they're just substitutes and they want to spend money on somewhere else but I think if you can just spare that half a million and you go up to the next price bracket there are some much better options so we mentioned Charlie Daniels but actually any of the Bournemouth defenders they all have reduced in price versus last season 
because they didn't have as great uh, a season as they thought they would. But they've got good opening fixtures. Um, another interesting defender is potentially Barry Douglas for Wolves. He's five million and he comes up from the championship uh, where he scored five goals and created 14 assists. Um, he's at five million. And then another defender or two defenders at five million. You've got one of them, which is Alexander Arnold, but the other one is Lovren at Liverpool. Um, and I initially didn't have a Liverpool defender in my team. But with Alisson now and the new goalkeeper, I think they're going to be getting a lot of clean, more clean sheets. Hmm. Is that why you went for Alexander-Arnold? Um, no, I just... I mean, I didn't add him on my team. Autopopulate added him on my team and he's currently on my bench and I doubt he'll stay. But maybe after listening to you, I should keep him. <laughs> so other top defenders are actually from Spurs, but they have a really tricky start. Five of their seven matches aren't even being played at the new stadium. And within those seven matches, they've got United and Chelsea. So even though I've got Trippier... Um, I'm not sure that he'll be starting on my team and I won't be buying any other defenders. Just a watch out in general. Some players who are in the final stages of World Cup may not be back for the first game as they've been given an extended break. So everyone that's got World Cup fever, you may be penalised for that. And I include myself in that. That's a really good point. Thank you, Anya, for your Defender Roundup. Welcome to our second guest of the season, which is Mr. Will Rose. Hello there. Hi, Will. So we've invited Will onto our podcast for a couple of reasons. One, he's a Liverpool fan, uh, which is a different perspective. Uh, second, he has already um, done his fantasy team and he answered my question of, do you choose Salah or Kane with neither, which I think is pretty punchy. want to hear about why. And thirdly, Will has given us some great feedback on the podcast about our pronunciation of some of the football players' names. He's not the only one, actually, that's given feedback on the pronunciation on some footballers' names. But Will gave me a list the other day. So um, we'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, we, we, we might have a few for you to have a go at. But Will, tell us, why are you a Liverpool fan? Um, so basically, the, like my, my family don't necessarily have a uh, football fan like team that they've always followed neither my mum or my dad are football fans so basically my older brother when he uh attended school and it kind of got to the point where he got asked who his favorite player was it was late 80s early 90s so of course there was only ever going to be one team that he was going to say despite having grown up in Hansworth in Birmingham so rather than choose the mighty Aston Villa or Birmingham City or Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's Liverpool. He chose Liverpool. And me being the younger brother and wanting to emulate him, I, of course, chose chose relatively well, although since I chose, which was, yeah, kind of early 90s, we obviously haven't won the league in that time. But Yeah, I was going to ask, good decision or bad decision? Good decision. We've had some amazing times over the years. Yeah, as you've reminded me about a few times. <laughs> Are you excited about the signing of Alisson? Um, yes and no. And I guess like this kind of um, goes on to my reason for not having Salah or Kane. I don't really like spending lots of money on one player. Mm, it's a lot of money. But having said that, we spent even more on uh, Virgil van Dijk last season and he is amazing. Like one of the best centre-backs I've seen at Liverpool in my time watching Liverpool. So, 
And what do you think about Carius? Are you sad to see him pushed into the second spot or is that where he belongs? <laughs> I feel sorry for the, the human, the guy. Obviously, like being being a professional footballer isn't an easy thing. Like to be, you know, to be signed by, by a Premier League team is a massive thing in someone's life. And then to go through the last three months of the season that he went through, which is pretty good. Like he wasn't amazing, but he wasn't bad. And then to fail like he did on the biggest stage in the world bigger than the World Cup final must be horrendous for him and I had hoped that he would go away and you know maybe kind of like maybe get some help to put that to the back of his mind but then he's come back in pre-season and made mistakes that suggest that his confidence in himself has completely disappeared. Do you think Liverpool are setting up to be real contenders this season? versus last year when they weren't real contenders? <laughs> um, definitely. I think the, the additions that we've made are um, very, very promising. So we've needed a kind of holding midfielder like Angola Kante or a um, Fernandinho. Needed that sort of player for pretty much since we lost Mascherano. Fabinho is the guy who's going to do that. So he's going to sit in front of the back four and protect them. So less opportunities for Lovren to mess up. Um, and of course, with a better goalkeeper behind all of that will hopefully mean that we'll let in a lot fewer goals. So when we go 3-0 three, three up in games, which we often do, we it's not then, you know, the game is finished rather than who knows what will happen in the next five minutes. So that goes along with what you were just saying, and you're in your recommendations that you expect Liverpool to keep a lot of clean sheets, more clean sheets, so defenders like Lovren could be a good pick for a fantasy team. So earlier on, I was saying that Alisson coming to Liverpool actually changed my mind on having a Liverpool defender. And I was looking at Lovren, but you've just uh, criticised him quite a lot. So maybe I won't choose him. He, ha- he has a mistake in him, let's put it that way. Will, how long have you been playing fantasy football? Oh, well, I've been playing championship manager and now football manager almost my entire life since I was a teenager. Mm. But playing fantasy football in the way it is nowadays, probably for the past seven or eight seasons. And last year, you um, you came second in our league, but it was close. To an it was to an Australian, to an Australian Spurs fan. Um, but it was close. But have you ever won a league? <laughs> yeah. So another league that I'm involved in with another group of friends, I won for the first time last year, um, and it was and it was almost entirely down to um, Mr. Salah in the way, in the way that I, I watched him in pre-season last season and put him in because I, I knew he was going to be good and kept him as my captain for almost the whole season. And Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me before last season saying, if you want a tip, pick of the season, be Mo Salah. And I went, no, don't be silly. <laughs> and then I did him in, in like the last five weeks. <laughs> So you're not going to have him in at all to start off the seat, to no, start off? Yeah, too expensive. Discuss. Too expensive. If putting in a player who's worth 13 million from a 100 million pot just means that you'll be picking a make weight somewhere else. It's all about balancing the squad from my point of view. So who have you chosen? As my marquee player. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, good choice. I disagree with you, actually. <laughs> well, because... Uh, and I've got both Salah and Kane in my team. So that's like, yeah, a quarter of my budget gone. But I think you've got to start with them because they were, they had the most points of any players last year. And if they start off 
in the same way that they finished the season, they're only going to go up in value. And then you are going to be trying to rearrange your team to kind of get them in. Whereas if they don't perform and within the first five, six weeks, you're saying, I'm not getting the return, then you can sell them on and you've got that big chunk of money to buy to buy a different player. But likewise, if you've spent, say, how much is Kane? 12 and a half million? If you spend and he doesn't perform for the first few weeks, his value goes down. So not only have you committed so much money to him, you've then lost out on that. And 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 the last two seasons, I've put Kane in from the start, and he takes a few games to warm up into the season. I don't like as a Spurs fan. I'm sure you noticed this more, but I've I've had him in my two fantasy teams the last two seasons, and for the first five or six games, he doesn't do much. Defenders, who's your no miss defender? Um, so. I've got obviously got five defenders. My I'm going to be playing three four three for the majority of the first few games, with um, Antonio Valencia. Although although logging oh. although logging oh. on today, I see that he's only a seventy five percent chance. Yeah, but that I but would pro- a, probably offload still him. a couple of weeks until the season starts. We'll see. Um, mm-hmm. I've got Aspilicueta because he's the highest scoring defender. He he gets clean sheets. He gets assists he gets goals um and then andy robertson at liverpool as we were talking about earlier liverpool are going to keep keep more clean sheets he puts in one of the best crosses from a fullback in the league he will be getting assists so he's he's my he's my tip but obviously they're all like they're six and a half six and a half six million those three are all right, thanks, Will. That was really interesting. <laughs> Different point of view. It's always good to have someone challenge Anya, as I can't. Um... <laughs> so, Will, I've heard via Sarah, well, I've seen in a WhatsApp to Sarah, that you find it funny how we pronounce some of the footballers' names. Yeah. So I thought it'd be funny to give you four footballers' names and see how you think they should be pronounced. And I actually know how they should be pronounced. Before Will does it, so I'm just sending Will the um, the names over, but examples, and he's not the only one, are Kieran Trippier, which should be Kieran Trippier. Mo Salah, apparently we both like to do. Is what? Mo Salah? Mo Salah. Um, and, the, and the last one was... Uh, which one was it, Will? Asmir Begovic. Asmir Begovic. See, <laughs> see that you cannot, having... you cannot correct me on any Eastern European names. <laughs> Half Polish. <laughs> and I stop. And I studied Serbo-Croat. That's fine. In that case, you need to tell almost every pundit that's ever commented on a game that he's played. Oh, right. Well, you're basing this on how pundits like, pronounce like, oh, You defended trivia based on pundits earlier in the podcast. This is true. Where? Do, how do we know how trivia is pronounced? Because he's not French. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, how would you how would you pronounce Arnautovic? Would that also be Vitz? No, well, that's Arnautovic, I think. I don't know. I need to. Look, I need to see if it's got a funny line above it on the sea how about we just give you your names and so will you've been sent your list and annoyingly you've already done one of them in your liverpool chat but go on four names you also did one several times earlier on in the podcast sarah yeah, i did but he wasn't listening did i say it right, all right. did i say it right <laughs> all right okay so i'll do the easy one first virgil van dyke no it's not <gasps> okay. go on, then. 
It's Virgil van Dijk. Is he Scottish? <laughs> no, he's... I know that he played up in up at Celtic, but I didn't realise he was Scottish. Van Dijk. <laughs> any 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 Dutch listeners to the podcast want to settle it? <laughs> Next. Um. So. Not first on the, not sure about the first name, but I know it's Gundawan. Oh, well done. Yeah. I then pronounced it incorrectly during the whole podcast. So you... It's Ilkai Gundawan. Ilkai Gundagan. <laughs> I know that that G is a W. Ah, good. Uh, Jakubovic, I'm sure that's not right. Povitz, is it with the C, with the accent above the C? It's a ch. Yakupovic. Oh, you can't win, Will. That's what I, that's what I said to begin with. Um, he was very close. It's good that he did the y instead of a ch. <laughs> I don't even um, know who the last one is. Yeah, so Ben plays for Everton. Benny, poor. Oh, I'm just banning banningami banningami. <laughs> banning. Bananjim. Oh, sure. I would have said banningami as well. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. So it's not just us. I think I- so, Will, seeing that you've been listening to the, every episode, you'll know that I finished it off with a fun fact. Yes. So given that we've been talking about defenders today, my fun fact is regarding own goals. So I want you guys to tell me what is the most own goals that have been scored in a match ever? And is that in Premier League or in all football history ever? In all football history ever. <laughs> Oh, to narrow it down, it's in, we're talking Madagascar 2002. Oh, Madagascar 2002. Right, well then, in that case, it's four. Uh, I'm going to go seven. It's 149. <gasps> Sounds like match fixing, if ever I heard it. <laughs> so basically, AS Adema beat the reigning champions, Stade Olympique de Lem. Le Mirne, 149-0, because the Stade Olympique uh, players spent the whole game just basically putting the ball in the back of their own net as a, a kind of retaliation to, against the referee who had awarded a dubious late penalty in a previous match, which meant that they were out of the running for the title. So they were so annoyed. I like it. They spent the whole game playing a full... A, a game of round I robin. Like I like it. Footballers <laughs> with principles. Who would have thought? I know. But don't worry, guys. They got they re- they received suspensions and stadium bans. Right. God, it was a tough year for Madagascan football. Well, that's the end of today's podcast. Thank you very much, Will, for coming on as a guest. I hope you've enjoyed it, especially our little game. Yeah, every second. Um, and we hope you'll come back on later on in the season to see how your team is faring. If you are enjoying our podcast, please write us a review on iTunes, give us a rating, that helps to get out there. We're really thankful that we were um, covered in Grazia magazine this week as one of their top of the pods. So thank you very much, Grazia. And yeah, keep following us on social media, tweeting, um, sending us messages. We love all the feedback and love hearing your points of view. And we will be back next week, hopefully on Tuesday, as I tweeted, um, a couple of teething babies put us back this week. But our regular schedule will be for us to record a Monday night after the game week and the podcast be available on Tuesday. So thank you for bearing with us and our poor baby's teeth this week. And we will speak to you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.